Hello there. Welcome to the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is a chance for pastors and members of Christ Covenant to process the sermon, ask questions to the preacher, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you have a question for the Sermon Talkback, please text it to the Text to Pastor line at 678-951-9041, or you can ask through Twitter by tweeting to Jason directly at Jason Edwin Dees. Enjoy! Who is Jesus and what is the church? These are really important questions that Christians have to ask. And, and you can kind of categorize um, a lot of the debates, a lot of the discussion that we have within the context of those um, two questions. Uh, you know, so for example, I mentioned the um, divide in the United Methodist Church or the split that's going on right now. Um, and to me, that's a who is Jesus question um, because can we really trust Revelation? I mean, Revelation, I see it as a Jesus question. I mean, obviously it, it helps us understand all of these things, but it, it um, can we really trust that, you know, the Bible is the word of Christ as he has given it to us through the spirit of Christ? Did you ever stop and think that even in the garden, man was dependent on God for revelation right i mean even before the fall how can we know how to live how can we know who we are how can we know who god is how can we know how to be saved how can we know how to please god well i think it's the mate that we were made that way really when we are when we are at our best um we are god dependent uh you know i i, I i've said before um the most natural thought that you have and that I have, the most, the simple, most basic thought, the first thought that we have is an awareness of ourself, right? I think, therefore, I am, right? Mm -hmm. From the very beginning, we're, we're, the most simple thought that we have is about ourselves, and therefore, we think that we're at the center of the universe. Ultimately, we're not at the center of the universe. We're actually pretty, like, small players in the history of the universe and in the scope of the universe. Um, but I think that Adam in the garden actually was more aware of God than he was of himself. And actually that's the goal of sanctification, to be more aware of God than you are of yourself. And the reason I think that is because he didn't even know he was naked, right? You, you have to be pretty unself-aware, Lou, to not realize that you're standing there naked. Uh, but Adam really wasn't self-aware. He was God-aware, and therefore he was just living. And it wasn't until after he sinned that he actually became self-aware, and there from that point to this, we are self-aware. I wrote a book, a little booklet a few years ago about selfishness, and in the booklet I make the point that selfishness is the mother of all sins. And that really, if you're looking for a synonym for the word sin, selfishness is about a, as good as you're going to get for one word, a one word definition of what sin is, because all of our other sins flow out of that one particular sin. And I think it's interesting that uh, 
the antidote to selfishness is love, right? Because love is the opposite, the antidote for selfishness. And so loving God and loving our neighbor is really God's best antidote to our biggest problem, which is selfishness. And of course, before the fall, we didn't have that selfishness issue. Well, I feel like we are, uh, I feel like this is very interesting, but I feel like we're like way off topic from where we started. Lou, we, we chase this rabbit way out into the woods, but it's actually interesting. I think what we're talking about here is our need for revelation right. and our dependence on the voice of God to speak to right. us. And God has spoken to us through his Bible, and he's shown us who Jesus is, and he's told us how we can know him in Christ. But he's also given us some instruction about the church. And that's really what we want to talk about over the next four weeks is how do we biblically understand what is the church and I think maybe kind of implied in the series is how have we gotten so far off in kind of our modern culture in terms of what is the church? Yeah, it, it really is interesting to me that the Bible says so much about the church, and yes, m yet most Christians seem to know very little about what a church, especially a healthy church, is supposed to look like. So, you know, I, I uh, talked yesterday about some things that the church is not— um, you know, and again, I mean, I, I think that most people have uh, have said these things before, or maybe have talked about these things, but uh, we kind of behave as if they're true. So obviously, first of all, the church is not a building. Right. For a lot of churches, though, the building can be kind of sacred for them. Right. It can be the center of activity, the center of the church. Um, uh, the church is not an event, Right. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, even like, you know, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying this necessarily throw this like ministry under the bus, but even like North Point's motto is, uh, we want to have a church that unchurched people love to attend. Well, you know, whether, whether or not you should have a church that unchurched people love to attend or not, it that definition says something about their understanding of what the church is. It's an event. It's, you can't really attend a church you can attend a worship service you can attend a gathering of the church but it, it it kind of short sells the full meaning or the full biblical understanding of what a church is yeah i mean there are events at uh, or within i should say a church is a very small slice of the pie right exactly i would say 90 percent of what christ covenant does doesn't happen on sunday morning at right. 11 o'clock or right. 10 30. Uh, a church is not a brand right i mean the if the people are the church, then, you know, they're, they're going to determine who we are. Uh, a church is not a leader, right? A church is, uh, we want to have a plurality of leaders, A, but, um, you know, again, I mean, especially as a Baptist church, we're a congregational church. And so we, we are dependent on our congregation to make good decisions and, and to follow Christ as a whole. And, you know, then the last thing I said is the church is not still. Uh, the church both gathers and scatters. And you see that in that Matthew 16 passage. Have you, I mean, maybe that's something you've thought about before, but I think I it have, is, yeah. it, it's interesting that you kind of read it as this like fortressy, the gates of hell will not overcome it. But if you really are reading, like what, what is the implication of the word gate? It's not that way. Right. Yeah. A lot of people have the idea that the gates of hell are on wheels and it's charging us, you know, and like right, we're, yeah. we're running away from it. No, we are 
storming, as it were, the gates of hell. They're, they're stationary, and we are fighting against it. One of the things I tried to do yesterday was I, I tried to talk about why uh, I think, as you said, people have not thought about what a healthy church is. Uh, and I think there's some history involved there. I, th- I mean, basically, I chalked it up to the, the, the power and the popularity of parachurch movements in the mid-20th century in the United States of America. And, I, I mean, I'm grateful for those parachurch movements. So, yeah. so, again, there's not— And to be honest, a lot of those ministries existed because the church— in many cases, was not doing what they should have done or it should have done. Yeah, I think I think that in a lot of ways they kind of s- were saving right. gospel understanding. They were getting the question, "Who is Jesus?" Right, but because they were parachurch ministries, they weren't really answering the question, "What is the church?" And I think it's important for us to keep in mind that although there is a place for parachurch ministries and organizations, God never. A promise to bless the parachurch organization. He instituted the church. He didn't institute parachurch organizations. And the promise of blessing is for the church, not for the parachurch organization. Yeah. So while there's a place for them, I think we have to keep our focus on the fact that God uh, ordained the local church. And that's really where, as Christians, we should put our uh, first focus. And, and focus. you and I say that as guys that are heavily involved in parachurch ministries. I mean, you right. run a parachurch right. ministry, company to council. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm involved. I teach a class. Now, we're talking about parachurch. And, and actually, you know, both of us are heavily involved in parachurch organizations. You run uh, uh, competent to council a parachurch ministry. I'm, I'm, I teach at Mid, uh, Midwestern Seminary at RTS. And so, you know, we believe in right. parachurch ministries. We love parachurch ministries. But I totally agree with you. Uh, they shouldn't replace the church. And actually... They should actually support the church. And in my, in my history, I've seen parachurch organizations suck things out of the church rather than give things to the church. Yeah, it's interesting. I was, you know, I, when I talked to a lot of parachurch organizations, they can be so powerful that people will say, well, this kind of is my church. And, um, and, and I've heard that from like everything from like Christian schools yeah. to camps. And so again, I think, I think it's just a, a great misunderstanding of what the idea of a biblical church is. I suppose I could, I could see people, because maybe they spend more time there, there's more fellowship with the, with the people, the parachurch organization, than there is at the local church. But I think first things comes first, come first. And I think you know, we have to think about the church as the institution that God ordained. And I think, you know, even just that statement, they spend more time there, it's more functional. Well, like, again, I, the, first, the church is not... Uh, programs and products and productions right. like when, when people join Christ's covenant I, I i hope they don't think okay well now i get access to these services so much as they think well now i'm a part of this people this family right this yeah this this group of people this church family uh and so yeah i think that's kind of the misnomer it's you know i got some friends and we like the service this church provides, and we like the this this church provides. But really, I think God's idea when creating a church, it's he's calling people together. Um, 
he is gathering people together under the banner of his truth, under the confession of Christ. That's how he's building his church, back to Matthew 16. Um, you got a book there, and I think we're going to talk about just some things that um, who's it by again? A friend of mine, Jim Neuhauser, he's a certified biblical counselor. He's a fellow, as I am, in the organization. He wrote this little booklet entitled, Help, I Need a Church. And in the booklet, he identifies 10 things to look for. He talks about what not to look for in a church. We, um, maybe at some point we can talk about that. But he identifies 10 things, um, actually in the form of questions that you should ask when you're looking for a church. Okay, what, what, are, what are some of the first ones? The first one is, is the church centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is it gospel-centered? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I know at Christ's covenant, we, we try to be as gospel-centered. Well, that's centered. one of our kind of values, right. is right. gospel centrality. Yeah. That's right. Right. The second thing, uh, I think this is important for our culture especially, is does the church stand firm on sound biblical doctrine? Yeah. And we talked about yesterday, the church is a people who believe, right? And we don't just believe whatever you want to believe, or we don't just believe whatever is useful. We believe what is true. Um, and we confess it. And, and we attest. That was the second thing. We're right. a people who believe and a people who attest. Um, or confess or whatever. If you, you confess with your mouth, right, and believe that God has, if you confess right, with your right, mouth, right. Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But I think this is something that's been lost in kind of our current moment, too, that the we live in such like a marketplace, materialistic world. And so what is what is a good product? A good product in our world is, um, look, take these Christian principles take these Christian truths and you will be a better you. You know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the mantra. Be the best you. Uh, I I was watching a, um, like a commercial for Gillette or something like that the other day. The best a man can be or something. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you know, it used to be the best a man can get Gillette, the best a man can get. That's right. But, but it's different now. They, they've changed it to like the, the best a man can be or something like, like you just said, like, And so it's like, it's their slogan isn't like, we have the best razor, right? No, it's like, we're going to make you the best you can possibly be. And I think that that's kind of like where our marketplace has gone. And I think that, you know, the church is kind of following suit. Like, you know, do this and you'll make more money. You'll, you know, be more successful. You'll be a better dad, et cetera, et cetera. And again, they're, they're obviously... Are, is some value in Christian wisdom and Christian principles. That's a big part of what you do. But the gospel doesn't begin there, does it? The, the gospel begins with, actually, you're the worst you could be. Right. You are a sinner before God, and you're in desperate need of a Savior. And you probably don't know how bad you really are until you look in God's Word. And That's see. right. And Jesus is Lord, and He's the best. And our goal here is not for you to be the best. It's actually... For you to to be about making his name known and bringing him glory. And that's a very different message than kind of the materialistic world of our day. And so I do think that's easily lost in in churches. And people don't typically um, get their, their doctrine from the pulpit. 
Yeah. They get their doctrine from television evangelists and uh, radio and seminars and pop Christian books because by and large, um, the church today has shied away from teaching doctrine, especially systematic theology, which is so important for us to have a, a grid to understand the difference between truth and error. Over and over again, the Bible talks about the fact that we should be discerning. Well, you, you're not going to be able to discern good from evil, right from wrong, if you don't have a theological grid in place. And we want our people at Christ's covenant to be good theologians. Yeah, and, and I talked about that yesterday a little bit with the importance of being a good theologian or understanding what you believe and being able to attest it in a diverse context. Um, you know, I think that living in the city... It's a challenge. The, the reason that there aren't as many Orthodox churches in the city is what I said yesterday. In a diverse context, you either just become kind of watered down. I mean, you just... You just become like, well, well, everybody's probably right. Everybody's, everybody probably has is going to find their own way to God, or you escape to some sort of, you know, I said homogenous area where everybody kind of believes like you believe. And again, there's more and more pressure to be political, politically correct rather than biblically accurate. And um, in my view, the culture is really um, like never before American culture suppressing the truth and unrighteousness yeah that's what we're fighting against they're suppressing the truth and we have the truth in god's word and we need to understand that and we need to know it well enough to to fight against the suppression so it's hard it's hard to live among diverse people and hold to some sort of orthodoxy which i think as you, and be gracious about it yes yeah right and not not fall into self-righteousness right. not not yeah. fall into some sort of separatistic thing right and so that's a very, that's sophisticated. It takes a lot of discipleship. It takes a lot of thought, um, which is, again, it, 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 what, we're, what we're seeing less and less of in the church. I mean, the kind of, the amount of training that most churches offer as compared to what most churches offered 20 or 30 years ago even yeah. is half, a third. Maybe so, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, I'm excited about the series. Um, I, I, we have a lot more discussions to have. We're just kind of tipping the iceberg. Yesterday was really just an introduction. Um, but uh, I do think, who is Jesus? What is the church? Really two of the most important questions that, that we can answer, for sure. Well, Lou, always appreciate you. Uh, for Lou Priolo, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening.